continuation of our series, The Creative uh, Prosperity. In the past two weeks, we've, uh, we've looked at creative uh, prosperity, the principle of timing, the creative, uh, creative uh, prosperity, and the principle of order. So today, by the grace of God, without wasting much of our time, um, we'll be looking at the creative prosperity principle of focus. Everybody say creative prosperity principle of focus. Psalm 34 verse 5 says that those who looked unto him were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Everybody said those who look unto him, read it with me, read it on the screen. Hallelujah. Those who look unto him are radiant. Those who look unto him were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Um, at the start of this ministry, this life gate in 2013, I was in Warsaw Town Center. Um, just, I know exactly where I was when I was inspired in my heart that the people of God are bogged down. That the people are bogged down. That the people are bogged down. And since that time, it's been a burden in my heart um, as to why the people are bogged down and the Lord will help the people to be released from every life issues that cause them to be bogged down. Um, and again, to let us know that, you see, the, the church, the people, the, as today we're looking about focus. A lot of the time, the people... The people of God are, are, tends to be die vision. They ha, tend to have dual vision. They tend to have dual vision. And as children of God, we will need to be able to manage the pressures that, you know, by refocusing our, our minds onto effect, into what is effective and rather than what is debilitating. And the Lord, by the end of this service, will help you to refocus your mind to what is effective rather than what is debilitating in the mighty name of Jesus. The world we live today is very, is moving at a very fast and alarming rate. The people are distracted. People are distracted, even the people of God. The Bible says, if even... The angel, even, even the devil has presented himself as the angel of light. Even the very elect run a risk to be, to be deceived. He said they, and because the, pe the people are faced with trials and temptation and, um, and are preoccupied also with needs, preoccupied uh, to, with life issues, with basic life needs. What do I eat? What do I wear? Where do I live? People looking to, people desiring to have prominence. People looking to, people desiring position. People looking to advance themselves. People looking to have fun. People soon get caught up in their daily struggles and engrossed with mundane things. And soon lose sight of what is like our life purpose in God. You need to be able to answer this question. What is my life purpose in God? 
You alone is the only one that can answer this question. I am the only person that can answer this question. What is my life purpose in God? And as children of God, the true purpose of a Christian is to prepare right now to prepare for the kingdom. We are all preparing for the kingdom of God. And if we know that with God, we'll be able to change, win the kingdom for God, and let his kingdom come and reign in the name of Jesus. And today, the Christians and also the world are confused about who God is, about who is the true God. You have the world, even some Christians, they're in confusion about who the true God is. The Bible says that this is, this is eternal life, that the people might know you, the true God, and Jesus Christ in whom you have sent. You still have children of God, people, even people, the so-called people in church, are still in doubt. Remember, we're talking about the principle of focus. People are still in doubt of the real Jesus. People are in doubt of the real Jesus. The apostle in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 14 said, Be aware of another Jesus. Because people are presenting another Jesus. Be aware of another gospel. The church, even a lot of the time, children of God, even the church, so-called church people, do not even know what is the real, you know, what is the real Jesus about. People are in confusion about the word of God. You see how people in the church and the world are, are debating about the, 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 the inspiration of the word of God. Are, are debating about the inherency of the word of God. Are, de, are debating about the infallibility of the word of God. People are confused about the true gospel. What is the gospel? The good news. People don't believe in it. And even the church. When I talk about the church, I'm meaning the individual. You and I. The family. The local assembly. And even the world at large. So as children of God, it's important that we develop this, this, uh, principle of, this principle of focus so that we can achieve that prosperity that God is determined to give to you and I in the name of Jesus. Let's look at Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. Looking at the principle of focus. Everybody read with me. Everybody read smartly, please. Hallelujah. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good. The eye, meaning the power of sight. Meaning the eye, meaning, meaning, the eye, meaning your knowledge, meaning your understanding, meaning how you, your perception, your evaluation of things, meaning your conviction. It says, if your eye is good, if your eye is good, from the scripture we understand what good means. We remember in the, in the scripture, in Mark chapter 10 verse 17, 
where somebody ran, one of these people ran after Jesus and said to him, Master, what can I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus Christ said to him, why do you call me good? There's no one that is good except God alone. So this is it. He said, the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your understanding of God, if, if you have an understanding of God, if, you're, if you have the knowledge of God, if your conviction of God is good, your whole body will be filled of light. But if your eye is bad, meaning if your, high, if, if your eye is diabolical, if your eye is evil, if your eye is, if, if, if your eye, if your, if, your, if, your, if your eye is a disgrace, you know, if your eye is rotting, he said your whole body will be full of darkness. Darkness meaning, if meaning devilry, meaning confusion, meaning darkness, meaning no light, absence of light. He said, therefore, your light, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness. How great is darkness? The apostle once says, he said, you were once darkness. We were once darkness before we came to the Lord. We were, you were once darkness. And if you were once darkness, like you heard from the children now in John chapter 1 verse 4. He said, in him is life, and that life is the light of men. And he said, he said he, we also heard from them, they said, in God, God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. He said, there's no darkness in God. If we cannot see, if we cannot see, it's because there's the element of darkness. May we see and may our focus be right in the mighty name of Jesus. In the Bible, in the parable of the sower, Matthew chapter 6, if I remember, Matthew chapter 6, let's turn to the parable of the sower. In verse 19 of the parable of the sower, the Bible talks about, um, talks about the wayside receivers. People who receive the word of God without understanding. That's the wayside receiver. And in verse 20, the Bible talks about the stony, the stony way, the stony place receiver. That is, the people who receive the word of God, they receive the word of God with joy, but they do not have depth in them. There's a place in the Bible, in Ezekiel chapter 30, 33, verse 30. It says, the people, oh man of God, the people, the people are talking about you in their walls. What did they say? They said, they said, come to, they said to one another. They said to come and, well, they said to one another, come. So you, they say, they come to you as people who sit. They come to you as people who sit and to hear the word, but they do not do them. For you, your mouth, people come hear the word of God. Oh, the, the man of God has spoken well. The man of God is sharp. He's inspirational. He's everything. He said, but they do not do them. He said, the voice of the, the, the man of God, the speaker, is like, a, is like a one that plays instruments. These are the kind of power, the, 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 the stony place receiver. They receive it with joy, but with time of trouble, with, did not, they have not allowed the word of God to be proven in their lives. Soon they soon stumble. May you not stumble in the name of Jesus. And you have the verse 22. Let's look at verse 22. Verse 22 is, is the tony place receiver. The tony place receiver 
Matthew chapter 6 verse 22. It says, it says, everybody read. No, sorry. Matthew 6, 22. Matthew Matthew 13, 22. Thank you very much. Matthew 13, 22. It says, it says, it says the stony place, the stony place receiver is is someone who who, who, who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world and becomes and it becomes unfruitful. If you can find it for me, please, because that is very major to what we we are about today. Matthew thirteen twenty two. Hallelujah. It says that it says, this is another category of people. Everybody read now. Hear this. So the deceitfulness of riches choke the world and becomes unfruitful. And we, we can see in, in Luke chapter 18, 8 verse 18, Jesus Christ warned the deceitfulness of riches and, you know, the, the, the deceitfulness of riches so chokes the world. In Luke chapter 8 verse 18, Jesus Christ warned that we should take heed how we hear. Somebody say, take heed as you hear. Hallelujah. Everybody, hallelujah. Everybody read with me now. Hallelujah. So the, the, the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13, you know, talks about, you know, it's very important in, in the principle of focus. It talked about those who heard the word and the devil came and stole it because they lack understanding. It also talked about the people who heard the word, but because they did not have roots in them, because of pressure of life, because of persecution, and, uh, and they, you know, the the they could not prove the word of God. And also those who, 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 who had the word, but because of the deceitfulness of riches, cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, the word was choked. And Jesus Christ said, be careful how you hear. Somebody say, be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. And it says, you know, and, you, and there's a risk there. It says, if you do not take heed how you hear, even that which you've heard will be taken away. That which you hear today will not be taken away from you in the name of Jesus. Why? Because you will hear with understanding in the name of Jesus. So this is why today you must be keen to understand. Keen to understand. It said the devil came and took the seed away because they do not understand. When you, when you are listening to the word of God, you must be intentional and be deliberate to make sure you understand what is being said. Otherwise, you lose it to being stolen. And because of the word of God cannot return to him void. Anyone who is careless about the word will be taken away from him and given to the one that will profit. May that not be your portion in the name of Jesus. And he said, because of the cares of this world, because of, 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 because of the deceitfulness of riches, people are, people, 
the, the people now lose their focus about God. They now lose their focus about God. You will not lose your focus in the name of Jesus. And Jesus Christ also warned about something. He said, do not worry because of the cares of the world. What I will eat, what I will wear, what I will live, well, how I'm now, the prominence I'm looking for, the popularity I'm looking for. He said, Jesus Christ says, do not worry about your life. Someone said, do not worry about your life. Before then, let's look at what he said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 to 25. Everybody read with me. You cannot serve God and mammon. This is Jesus Christ now. He was warning the church. He was warning his people. He says you cannot serve God and mammon. We're talking about focus now today. We're talking about the principle of focus. Jesus Christ says you cannot serve two masters. He said that you love the one or hate the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You've got to, you, you've got to make a decision as to what you, you know, who you, who you will serve. There was a situation in Luke chapter 12 about a man who said to Jesus Christ, Master, ask my brother to share with me in the, in, in the property. And Jesus Christ said to him, Why, who's made me a judge? Who's made me a judge over you all? And arbitra, uh, arbit, um, arbit, I don't know how to spread that, that word. Arbitrator uh, uh, among you, be aware of covetousness. Basically, today, God is saying to you and I, be aware of covetousness. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon, basically, is about covetousness. Things that take over you, things that changes, things that take over you, things that take your eyes off God, things that takes your eyes off to love God, things that, things that distract you, things that make you want to disobey God, things that want you not to give your all to him, things that undermines God in your life. Is, is, is mammon and the Bible says it's, Jesus Christ says be aware of covetousness somebody say, say to your neighbor be aware of covetousness the Lord will deliver you and I from covetousness in the name of Jesus and again Jesus Christ warned again he said do not worry about your life in verse 25 where we read this morning verse 25 Matthew verse 25 everybody read with me he said therefore I say to you do not worry about your life you eat what you should drink about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and body and clothing? Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is saying to you that the life you have is more than, is it not more than food and clothing? From where the children recited this morning in John chapter 1, uh, John chapter 1 verse 4. He, say, he says, God, Christ himself is our life. Say to your neighbor, Christ is my life. And in his life, I have light. In the name of Jesus. Another warning Jesus Christ gave was that do not fear. Say to your neighbor, do not fear. In Luke chapter 12, verse 35, Jesus Christ, do not fear little flock. For it is your father's desire to give you the kingdom. 
Say it is the Father's desire to give me the kingdom. So if like the queen desires to take you on and say, okay, all that I am, I want to give to you. I bet we'll all be relaxed. So we need to be assured as children of God that the Father's desire is to give us the kingdom. Can you imagine? It is the Father's desire to give us the kingdom. So all the agitation, all the running about, all the back and forth, all the looking away and the distraction and the, uh, uh, and the, uh, and no, all the, the looking back, it says all to cease now. It says, do not fear. Do not fear. Come along. Do not fear. And may the Lord help us to allay all our fears in the name of Jesus. For it is the Father's desire to give you the kingdom. Do you believe that it is the Father's desire to give the kingdom? Thank him for it. Father, we thank you. Because it is your desire to give us the kingdom. And your kingdom we will have in the mighty name of Jesus. And in order for us to be focused, there's something we, we let's look at something in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. It says, therefore, we also, since we have surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is easily set before us. Hallelujah. Let's look at, let, let, let's, let, let's.